It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Welcome to All Hands on Tech. I'm Derek. And I'm Ashley. In today's episode, we're diving deep into the world of data, where every piece of information holds the potential to transform industries, drive innovation, and shape our future. Today's guest helps his clients better understand the business and their customers by extracting meaningful stories from their data. Matters of Data helps you maximize the potential of your data. Because they understand the data and analytics play a key role in nearly every aspect of their business. So joining us today to discuss the latest trends, challenges, and innovations is Matters of Data Principal Consultant and Owner, Kevin Degar. Welcome. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks for coming on. Super excited to have you here. I feel like I have a lot to learn, so I'm super excited to pick your brain a little bit more. But first, Matters of Data, tell us a little bit about kind of its history, when it was founded, what you've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After being in the industry for about 20 years, mm -hmm. I felt like I was well-rounded enough to, to start my own business. Um, felt like I'd, I'd faced enough challenges that um, I could, you know, basically service any industry, any data challenge. I felt like I could tackle it uh, after 20 years. So I said, I'm going to start a company. When was that? This was back in 2019. 2019. Okay. And are you a one-person team at Matters of Data? Well, it, I was for the first couple of years, okay. um, but after a couple of years, uh, things, you know, we, we started to pick up some momentum and um, we, we started hiring. So now we have a, we're a small crew. We have two employees, uh, two full-time employees, a senior person and a junior person. Um, and we're excited we're, we're for the growth and, and where the company's going. That's super, super exciting. Congratulations for that. Thanks. Again, for folks who are listening, what exactly do you offer to your clients at Matters of Data? What are they coming to you for? So we're a data and analytics service company. Uh, basically, if your company has data and data challenges, um, we can help. And that sounds really broad, <laughs> but uh, it, it really is the case. We, we really help a broad range of companies with a wide variety of problems. Uh, any data challenges that they have along the way, we can typically help. So we do this three ways. The first is hands-on support. They'll say, Kevin, hey, can you do this for us? And we'll, we'll typically do that. Just to mention a couple examples, if you have a, a website and you want to help tracking that, that data, we'll help with that. If you have processes to generate reports and you want to automate it, um, we can help with that as well. Probably one of our most common challenges is companies have data in various spots and they'll say, you know, we have to look at six different screens to wrap our head around our business or a project. And so we will help with putting it all together and perhaps building a dashboard uh, so that they can sort of have a unified view of, of their processes. So that's the, the hands-on portion. The second way that we help is through training. So we found that with companies that have existing analytics teams or analytics individuals, they often don't have the soft skills needed to perform at a high level. They'll be great at data and math and pulling data and manipulating data. But when it comes to effective communication, that's where they start to struggle. So we'll help uh, companies upskill, whether it's uh, data storytelling or figuring out how to design a dashboard in an effective way. That's where we really start to help out from a, a training standpoint. And the last thing is consulting. This is where we partner with leadership. 
and we'll provide perhaps documentation to help them create a data culture. Because I find with companies, data problems are typically people problems. You know, you, you'll have people who are data averse. They're fear of data. They just, you know, I don't know math. I don't, I can't, I can't do this. And so really helping to really remove those barriers to help uh, that data culture um, and manage change management uh, to make sure that everyone feels comfortable not only using data within their workflow, but uh, also you know using it to their advantage so that they're making decisions that are a lot more informed. Well, I think that's super important. And we're going to get into why kind of more the importance of you know extracting and analyzing our data, what we can do with it, and the insights we can get from it. But first, we just have some fun rapid fire questions just to get to know you a little bit better. Awesome. So first rapid fire question here. Would you rather take a Hyperloop to work or self-driving car? I'll go with Hyperloop Ooh. because of it. It's just the trust thing with the stuff. <laughs> I don't think they're there yet. And we're going to talk a little bit more about AI later on. But like from a safety standpoint, I think I'm going to go with Hyperloop. Okay. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Don't they go like super fast? They do, <laughs> but it doesn't have a mind of its own. It's yeah, still that's true. on the track. That's it's, true. it's contained. Yeah. The speed Fair is enough. contained. I'm going to go with the next one. So say you're in a meeting. Are you the kind of person that you're going to take notes with a pen and paper or are you going to do it digitally? No endorsement for them, but I just re recently bought a Remarkable. So it was a... Whoa! Uh, there is a digital <laughs> option uh, that I usually go with now. Uh, I was always pen and paper and this kind of is a good fit for replacing uh, pen and paper for me at least. And why Ashley and I looked at each other there <laughs> is because we had literally just had a conversation earlier about Remarkable. Mm -hmm. Myself, I don't use pen and paper. I don't write, I type everything. So I was like, oh, no one's gonna want that if we're gonna use it as a giveaway. But throughout the day, I've been proven wrong multiple <laughs> times now at this there point. There you go, exactly. <laughs> well, I think if I'm in a meeting, I take notes like on a note on the notepad and then I just have a bunch of notepads that are like they're like I don't know from years back that I didn't ever file away in any proper space so it's like to, I think it, I think it's smart yeah it does lead to a lot of clutter know. if you're just using pen and paper so yeah exactly <laughs> all right one more rapid fire question here favorite place to go for dinner in Halifax I'm gonna go with bicycle thief oh yum they just do everything well mm -hmm. drinks are well the food's great service is great um that's just uh, a, an easy go-to for me Perfect. Okay, we do actually have one more. Uh, what's your favorite thing about living and working in Nova Scotia? Well, it's funny you say that. I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I, I lived and worked in Montreal, lived and worked in Toronto, and uh, and then ended up here. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. This is this is the right size city. It has everything that you could want: all the modern conveniences, malls, and restaurants, and shops, and and all of that. But uh, without all the traffic, and as they say, I think you're only thirty minutes from a beach at any given point. So this is definitely going to be home. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for those rapid fire questions. <laughs> um, so let's kind of get back to the meat and potato of things. So right now, when we look at the different companies, they have just so much data. They may not know actually how to use it effectively. And that's why you're here. And that's why your company's here. So with that rise of big data, how can businesses ensure that they are not just collecting data for the sake of collecting data? but actually extracting valuable insights that will actually have an impact on their business. Yeah, it all starts with business objectives. You know, I get asked this a lot. When when you have you have data and you have a business and you're trying to connect the two, which one do you start with? 
Um, do you start with the data and you go and you mine it and you try to find the nugget and the insight that's going to be the silver bullet that saves the business? Being on analytics teams, I was often asked that from leadership. You know, what what does the data tell us? And really, that's not the right approach. The the business objectives really le- need to lead the way. The way to start um, when you're thinking about that and making sure that you're getting the most value from your data, uh, you start with your business objectives. Then you start thinking about questions that if you had the answer to those questions, that would help you with your business objectives. I'll give you an example. Let's just say you're a company that sells widgets for a dollar and it costs you 60 cents to build those widgets. Well, think about, and now you're thinking, well, I kind of want to create more profit. So how do I lower the cost of building these widgets, um, maybe to 50 or 40 cents per widget? What kind of questions would you ask yourself that you would love to know the answer to, to in order to lower that cost? Well, maybe you'll ask yourself, what is the current cost? How do we break down the cost? Is it labor? Is it the parts? Is it the process that we're using that's, that, that really drives the cost? And so you start thinking about, okay, well, that, if I can have those answers, now I can really start uh, expanding and, and creating that profit. And so now you look at the data. Once you have the questions down, now you start looking at the data. And, and the, the data should be able to support those answers and ultimately feed that profit objective. Businesses fundamentally make risky decisions. And I wanna highlight that data, again, isn't that silver bullet to take away all of the risk. It's there to support what you already know in order to make less risky decisions. They're more informed decisions to lower the risk um, of your investments, of your time, of your processes, of all of those things. So again, it won't replace the knowledge that you have. There's even an argument sometimes, you know, certain companies have old way of doing things and, you know, they're, they're kind of stuck in their ways and they're kind of, they're thinking, well, I don't, I don't think we need data. We're, we're already winning. We've been doing this for decades. And then you might have new people coming into the company thinking like, oh, wow, we have to look at this data. Like we have, this needs to drive our business. And really the truth is, is that it lies somewhere in between and you really need both. What if you're a data enthusiast, let's say, and you're coming up against someone with that old school of thought, like, why do I need data? What would be the argument for why we need to be looking at it? You kind of went into it, like it helps drive business decisions, but what are we missing if we're not looking at it? Yeah, 100%, especially if they're already profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has to do with thinking about the longer term vision and the rise of data. Data is sort of everywhere now. It's just exploding and every company has it and they have access to it. So. If all companies or entities, whether even if it's universities or government entities, have access to data and you're not using it, you're going to be left behind in the long run and you won't be winning and profitable. So the the idea is to use it now and get in on it now. You might be winning. You can win more. And so for folks maybe then on the flip side of that who are starting out their data journey and they do want to implement some best practices in the business to improve their data management and analytics, what would you suggest to them? Where should they start? I think if you're just starting out, it's about trying to keep things simple, as simple Mm -hmm. as possible. And this even applies. Sometimes I'll help companies with not just helping their existing analytics team do better work, but also those who perhaps they just deal with the analytics team. They don't necessarily they don't necessarily consider themselves data people. They're just but they know that they kind of have to use it in their day to day life. Um, I try to help them realize that um, it's not it's not something that you have to solve and, and know everything about. Um, I had an example where you know 
people were complaining that they, they didn't have proper training for this new tool that they were supposed to be using. And so they just never used it because, you know, well, we didn't get proper training. And so what I told them is, well, nobody knows everything about any tool. Everyone uses Excel, but no one knows all the things about right. Excel. It's <laughs> a they great only, example. <laughs> <laughs> they, they only know what they need to know to get the job done. And so if you're just starting off using data, again, suppose you have a tool that you're trying to use. Think of one question that you want to answer and then find out, however you can find out, whether it's Googling or asking somebody internally, what are the five or 10 steps that I need to do to answer this one question? And so just simplifying the problem like that will just crack, get your foot in the door. Uh, and, and then you can build off of that um, as you, okay, well now this is not so bad. I can answer this one question. You start thinking about secondary questions that you want to answer and start building up your capabilities using whatever tool you need to use. Awesome. So maybe we'll switch gears a little and talk about AI and machine learning, since that's the hot topic of 2023 mm -hmm. so far. Artificial intelligence and machine learning have significantly impacted data analytics. So how do you see these technologies shaping the future of data analytics for businesses? Yeah, AI is ubiquitous now. It's It really is crazy. And it's impacted every industry and, and every sector. I think specifically for data and analytics. I'm going to separate it into short term and, and long term. So what's happening right now, AI can help existing data uh, experts, we'll say. If you're already kind of good at your job and you're, you know what you're doing, it can drastically reduce the time it takes for you to get your job done. It, it just, it's a great helper. Mm -hmm. The reason why it would only help experts do that is because you, you kind of have to check its work. It's not perfect at what it does right now. They have terms like AI hallucinations where they just make up answers uh, because of how they work. They kind of, they don't necessarily know the right answer. They just know the most probable next message in a conversation. And sometimes that most probable to it uh, is the wrong thing to say. It's also really agreeable. You can sometimes ask AI uh, a question and it gives you the correct answer and you can say, uh, no, I think it's actually this. Uh, don't you mean this? And it'll say, oh, yes, sorry, you're <laughs> right. It's actually this, even though it's incorrect. Oh. Um, so there, there, and there have little holes, little gaps in its knowledge. So it needs to be checked at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so because it needs to be checked, if you don't know your field already, it's not going to be very valuable to you. You'll turn around and start basically just saying what AI says and you're really not going to have any value and sometimes it'll be wrong. And um, so it's really only helpful in the short term if you already know what you're doing. You also have to recognize what the mistakes are. And so that's it in, in terms of short term. When you think about long term, it remains to be seen. Uh, let's see where it all goes. OpenAI just released a product called GPTs and this just came out today. Um, and developers can now integrate AI into whatever apps they want. So now you can develop apps and it's not just like, oh, I want some data behind the scenes for my app. No, you can have AI integrated into your app. So wherever, wherever, whatever app you can imagine, now AI can be part of it. And so there's gonna be a lot uh, of change in the, next, in the next couple of years and we're gonna see how it all plays out and the impact that it's gonna have. 
I don't think it's going to replace anyone's jobs per se, specifically in, in the data and analytics world, because we have the context. We have a lot of knowledge that AI wasn't uh, trained on. Uh, again, it's about finding that right complementary fit for how it can be used. It shouldn't replace anybody's job, but it is a pretty cool tool. And I'd recommend anybody just play with it whenever they can and try to just figure out prompts and how to how do you get what you want out of it? Um, because it, it typically doesn't just answer a question with one prompt. It's it's something that you like. You need to guide it and start with a certain question and, and eventually make your way to the answer that you're trying to get out of it. Do you find like you're using it in your business? Absolutely. It, I was I was a little reluctant at the, at the beginning, but it's it's definitely part of our company's workflow now because we do full service data and analytics, it's really helpful with perhaps we need to do some coding and it'll help, it'll spit out a bunch of code for you if you need it. And then you can use that and manipulate it and modify it to how you need it. The only thing that we don't do because we live in the data world and it's not ready for it yet is we don't feed it our cust our customers' data. Mm. The, the issue there is that AI can take that data and retrain itself with that data. And so now if it's private data and your company doesn't mm -hmm. want to share any of that data, um, you don't want to put it in the hands of, of an AI training model. When we're talking data visualization <laughs> and storytelling, are there any emerging trends that you're noticing that businesses should be aware of? Yeah, I'm going to start with data visualization. Sure. It's, it's a fascinating topic to me because if you look for it, there's a lot out there. There's a big data visualization community. There are conferences you can attend entirely dedicated just to data visualization. Cool. And um, they're doing some cool things. That, you know, but aside from design and um, you know, cool colors and cool shapes and cool charts, they're also coming out with new ways to represent data, which is kind of exciting. Like you know, the old bar charts and mm -hmm. pie charts, they're always going to be there. They're always going to be part of the mix. But they're sort of limited to what you can um, what you can talk about. So I'll give you a quick example. We'll go back to the widgets example, where you know you can use something called a bubble chart now that would talk about perhaps the sales of the widget plus the growth of the sales plus the time it takes to produce uh, widgets. So you can and just with the one bubble chart. So the way it works is the size of the bubble will be one metric. And where it's positioned on a graph could be the other two metrics. And so you can tell a bit of a story. I mean, you have to look at it a bit and digest it a little bit, but it is all in one chart. And so they are doing some pretty cool things. All that said, data visualization really is just pretty pictures to me. It's a part of data storytelling. Data mm -hmm. storytelling is the hero in this, uh, in this story. You can have the best visualization and the coolest looking things in the world, but if you're putting it in front of somebody who doesn't know what it actually means, then it's kind of it's kind of useless. It's like, great, this is a pretty chart, but what am I going to do with it? And so data storytelling will take the visualizations and a narrative and all of those things and put it together and create an effective communication for stakeholders, leadership, clients, whoever it might be. As far as trends go for data storytelling, the structure of data storytelling is always going to stay the same and it shouldn't change and evolve. But what I will say is that from a trend standpoint, 
it's it is growing. I'm starting to see more and more companies actually hiring a data storyteller because they're looking for someone to connect um, their data team to everyone else, basically, because a lot of data scientists, they speak their own language and, you know, the marketers speak their own language and accounting, finance, leadership, everyone's talking their own languages. And so they need that connector that knows the business problems and can also speak the language of uh, the data team and then connect the two and, uh, and really remove those silos. Training and consulting is also a part of your business. And you've actually partnered with Digital Nova Scotia to facilitate workshops and webinars for us. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> but back to this, why is that a focus for you and your business? Why is that training and consulting aspect so important? I think it comes down to, I've always been wanting to support the pipeline in Nova Scotia, uh, specifically around data and analytics. Uh, aside from workshops and, and supporting the tech community in Nova Scotia through Digital Nova Scotia, I also volunteered my time with HRCE, who had this program called TAP. Uh, the, it was called the Technology Advantage Program. And the idea was to take grade nine students in underrepresented and rural areas and give them a free education. It was a really cool initiative, unfortunately ran out of funding, uh, but there is still a cohort that's going through it right now. And I think they're maybe two years away from that free education at NSCC. And I was able to get into the classrooms and really just sort of convey to the students that data and analytics, it doesn't have to be that scary. and it, and. Uh, it's not. It doesn't have to be as math heavy. There's re there's really a lot of components to data and analytics, specifically around the soft skills of it. Uh, you can just look at it like you're trying to solve problems for businesses, and then here are some of the tools that you can use to solve those problems. Um, and so, you know, this was a, a great initiative. And and again, there's so much demand for data right now. Uh, it is like I said, it's everywhere. Companies really need not just they're data experts to be data experts. They need everyone else to be data mm. experts as well. And so anything I can do to support that, um, you know, it's it's always been really important to me. Is there any particular reason why it's important for you to support the next generation? Or I don't know, is it just because you just are really passionate about it and you love the industry and you want it to grow or you see that there's such a potential, you know, or such a, a need for it in terms of the industry? I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> That's a great question. I, you know, I, I think I've always wanted to be a teacher. It just, it just never ended up working out. I think as well, there's a few factors. One of them is my dad ran a data company mm. and, uh, and sold it and was successful with it. And then, uh, so I decided to do the same thing. And so just sort of keeping that, that tradition going, you know, I think if you live in any community, you want to give back to that community. And this is probably the best way that I know how. Uh, it's something that I've been doing my whole life. And if if there's if this is my thing uh, to give back to the community, then this is what it's going to be. That's amazing. Because I know not everyone, you know, would do that, <laughs> would give back. They just focus on the business. So it's nice to see that you, that's something that you're really passionate about. I love it. I do just want to throw in a question just because you do offer a lot of kind of different services. I'm just curious, what are businesses coming to you most for? Is it for that like consulting? They want you to help train their staff. They want to hire you on to do the work. Like, I'm just curious what you're seeing. It's a good mix. I've been really lucky where 
companies will look for all three phases of support, mm-hmm. especially the, the ones where, um, you know, we'll call, it, we'll call it a partnership where they'll say, hey, can you come in and do this work for us? And we would execute that. And they would say, hey, we're also doing, we also have a team who could be doing this, but maybe you can help train them. And so it evolves into a bigger and bigger relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we had to make sure that we've uh, pivoted to make sure that we're not just going to exist in the digital space, that we're going to think about really how do we support companies and on all things data. Well, on that note, um, the floor is yours. So is there anything exciting coming up that you'd like to share for you for Matters of Data? Yeah, in 2024, um, we're really excited. We're going to be launching some courses, some training courses on our website. Going back to the supporting the data pipeline Mm -hmm. in Nova Scotia, there are going to be three tiers. The first tier is specifically um, designed for students or anyone trying to pivot their career and come into data and analytics and answering a lot of the common questions that they have. Mm -hmm. What should they know? Um, You know, is there something they should be learning? Uh, what should I, if I'm being interviewed for data, what are, the, uh, what are the things I should answer? So all of that is going to be a free tier. The next tier is going to be for analysts and managers, specifically the doers in companies, and it'll be helping them with their soft skills. So things like the data storytelling that we talked about, um, perhaps that designing dashboards, um, all of those types of things that will help them um, do well Uh, in their analytics roles. The final tier is going to be for leadership uh, and making sure that that they can be trained to create that data culture and manage change management. All of those things that leadership might need. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, really excited. (laughs) Stay tuned for 2024. Do you have a launch date yet or is that under wraps still? We don't want to give it away. We don't want to give it away. I'm aiming for Q1 at this point. Okay, amazing. So... Keep a lookout for that, listeners. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I certainly learned a lot. Sorry if I asked any stupid questions, but we're all here to learn, so I no appreciate it. No such thing it. as a stupid question. <laughs> thank you, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.